make it, Jordan? Yeah, I'm just uh, very sore from tired boy? from fucking mm. fucking no. that concrete. You tired from fucking that concrete? From fucking those concrete wall panels? You ever? Hey, guys, <laughs> did you negotiate a fucking sponsorship with Baker Square while I was gone? Because you said their name about 12 trillion times, and I don't think we're seeing nary a cent or a pie from those motherfuckers. Should we Should we send an email to corporate? Yes. Like, we definitely should. Be like, listen, you got X amount of free advertising. Yeah, I mean, you went through an entire list. <laughs> of, you went through an entire pie menu with breaks for other products in between. We did. We did. Um, we should email them. I don't know if they'd respond to us. Well, if you drop the link in the email... Then maybe I fit, I, they're kind of like a maybe dying they'll block company. us and sue us. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're kind of like on the going downhill, aren't they? I I'm not certain. I'm not certain. Uh, there's enough old people that go there for lunch every day that yeah. they're staying fine. I think they need their microwave scrambler. Mm. Hey, I was driving across the country the other day. Okay, and I stopped at this place called Jimmy Eggs. Jimmy's <laughs> Jimmy's Egg okay. in Oklahoma. Yeah. And that was a fucking disgusting travesty. Really? <laughs> Not good. I ordered a scrambler, right? Okay. So it right. kind of looks like a shitty IHOP inside. <laughs> I ordered a scrambler. And it basically looks like they dumped a can of queso on some microwave eggs mm. and then put it all in the microwave. So it was all nice and like crusty cheese on top and stuff. We just like eh. a truck stop. It's a chain diner family, like an IHOP, like a shitty IHOP. Mm, okay, that's All that's right. what I can explain it. So as. you come on, Cody. Like truck stop restaurants, are they're actually surprisingly good. Truckers like to eat good food. Mm, I suppose. What do we have down here? Stockman. Stockman. Yeah, that place okay. is delicious. Too what? expensive, but good. Is it? Mm-hmm. It is. Almost like fifteen bucks. Almost breakfast. I know you could just go to St. Paul Grill for that. I know, and that and you can get a hash brown fucking uh, corned beef hash that'll blow your head off. Oh, Jordan, did I say? Um, were we talking about that Thai restaurant, right? Yeah, you were talking oh, about Salad East Side Thai and Salad Ate there uh, this week. And hold on, the yes. peanut sauce dish you were thinking of yes is called Rama. Rama. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. First off. So, did you have the whis- Tin Whiskers beer made for that restaurant while you were yeah, there? Yeah, the Wheatstone Bridge with Thai basil. Okay, so I'm tasting it first, and then I'm like, you kind of hear feel that like that weird spice. Yeah, like it's kind of spicy a little it, bit, like mild spicy. Yeah, and then uh, it had Sue's egg rolls. Did you those have those? Are fucking good. Though, look, I don't know who the hell Sue is. But those are the best goddamn egg rolls I've ever had in my life. Is it actually a lady that made them called I think it's the owner. Okay. I would assume, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I think all she did was season the cabbage before she put in the egg roll. But it's like, it tastes so much, so much better. Maybe that's the secret that's been missing this whole time. I don't know. Their spring rolls are, I have not had a bad thing at that restaurant. Mm. Okay. were Were you saying do a number five there? Uh, no, I usually, I play it safe and go with three. Okay, all right. Unless I go, like, during the week when they kind of have, like, the backup crew in the kitchen. <laughs> then I'll go with a four to get oh, it to where they I not want put, it. Oh, they don't put enough in there? Yeah. Mm. So. Okay, I'll say this. I did a number one because I'm a pussy. Then I added my red peppers to kind of bring it up a little bit. 
added a little soy sauce and needed a little salt to kick the flavor up, and then it was perfect. Yeah, and I think I brought my mom there once, and she got, like, a number one, and they just brought out, like, the little thing with all the spice. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. Oh, the little so, rotunda of spice. Yeah, so, Cody, you would have been better off just getting, like, a number two. Yeah. Okay. Because then they would have done all that for you and not given you the little thing. Sometimes I like it, too. Sometimes yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't need to sweat. My sinuses, <laughs> I'll let the goop stay up there for now. <laughs> well, when I was in California, we had ramen. Like, the lady's like, oh, the average is like a five. So I'm like, okay, I'll get like a three. Mm. And holy shit, I was sweating. <laughs> nostrils are running. Yep. Just like, okay, I'm, I guess... Maybe because of the the yeah. Latins or whatever there, I'm just like holy Latins. fuck. Yeah, no, like In California. Oh, gotcha. I got a or sorry, one of my friends got a five once at Sawat D for Ooh. their pad thai. Mm. I ate one noodle <laughs> and I felt like my face was gonna melt off. It's not worth it. Well, literally, I was says like, I need to try a five heat on there. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> that's what it's listed. Volcanic heat. But the problem is these Thai people, they don't, they're not consistent. Some of them. Trust the white man. Mm. When you say, I would like a five, please, they'll kill you. But other ones, they say, oh, no, you are not. Uh, you cannot have a five. <laughs> you are a white man. <laughs> they don't trust us. They, or they like, don't trust us. I mean, another time I brought one of my friends there and they just do not like spicy food and they've never had Thai food. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Hans, but no. That sounds and, right. He's mostly probably used to like cabbage and potatoes or whatever yeah. they have in Germany. And he was like, what spice level do I get? I'm like, Hans, you, or whoever. It might not have been him because I think he likes spicy stuff, but someone, I was just like, well, you don't like spicy stuff, so just, and you've never had Thai, let me order for you. So you got him a five. No. <laughs> I was like, I'll have pad Thai with chicken. Let's make it a four today. I'm feeling zesty. Hmm. And then I was like, I'm just going to order for him. He'll have pad thai with chicken mm. and make his white person, like a white person, number one. A white person, you one. A, you asked for a white person. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well. They know what to do in that. Give me a white one. <laughs> we got a special case here, boys. They break the glass. He's extra, on the- <laughs> he's extra special because he's German, so yeah. things brought were spicy, yeah. so... You know, Ooh, thinking about it, mustard I, is just <laughs> no. Thinking about it, it wasn't Hans because I've seen him eat like stupid hot wings before. So. Fire! I don't know. What uh, are you a blazing wing boy? Hello, Adam? everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, <laughs> the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me this week is Cody. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Excellent. I'm just thinking about that Facebook review about how we talk ah, about nonsense for too long. Well. Listen, we're personalities first, mm. true crime podcast second. True. That's basically yep. what that's where we're going here. So, Facebook reviewer, I love you. <laughs> Don't stop listening to us, but I do love you. <laughs> Cody, how was your week? Uh, it was all right. Uh, you know, you probably know how busy it's been. I do. I'm, I'm tired today. You I'm sure are. you're tired today. I, I can't really think about work ever nope. again. It's the weekend. It's over with. Fuck. We're forgetting about it. Oh, it just, uh, when I'm there, I just turn my brain off and just want to go home <laughs> and eat rice all day. That's just all you I want to do. Eat rice. I just want to eat rice and hamburger. 
Doesn't that slow you down? I don't know. I feel like you get too full. It I don't know. Down. I just want to eat rice and hamburger all day long mm. with some ketchup. I had a. Uh, I've been going back to Farmer's Grandson, and I really like the buffalo chicken wrap. Oh yes. I get that, and I got coleslaw. Oh. <clears throat> oh my god! I was like, I felt so fucking full. Why do I hate coleslaw? You hate coleslaw. I love cabbage. I love mayonnaise. I love. There, well, is it because maybe like the two vinegary ones maybe you don't like, or is it like you like the sweeter ones? I hate or, the sweet ones most hate of the all. Sweet ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I'm kind of in the same boat as Adam. Like okay. coleslaw, ninety percent of it I cannot stand. Mm. But you get me some of that KFC coleslaw. <laughs> I love that. It's shit. pretty base. It's like more salty yeah. than. Yeah. yeah, I like that. And but that few, sweet makes me sick. There's a few other places around that I like, like the Five Eight up here on Robert. Mm. I like their coleslaw. Mm. You know which one I really like is Famous Dave's. Ooh, I, I don't. They you don't. No, don't they have the jalapeno one? I don't like anything from FDs. Ah. Oh, Old Southern Barbecue. It's oh. Dave from Famous Dave's new place. Their coleslaw and everything on their menu is fucking fantastic. You know what? I've heard. Did he break away? I think he got bought out. I I've oh. heard Dave is a fucking asshole. I've is heard, that, I've heard yeah, that too. Yeah, he's like a fucking dick. Like Sweet Dave from the Hateful Eight. Uh which one is that? He was the the haberdashery owner's husband that would just sit in the chair all day and be fat. <laughs> I mean. Famous Dave's a big boy. Famous he Dave's is. a big he's boy. He's a very big he's boy. Big, he's listen, a barbecue boy. <laughs> his barbecue at Old Southern, at, listen, if, actually there is a few like near us, I think there's like six of them, but if it was like a block away from me, guess what? I would be morbidly obese. Mm, just like Dave. <laughs> and our old crow, old Southern boy himself, Jordan. Hello. How are you buddy? I am doing fantastic. Give me a week. Well, your week <laughs> just ended right before you got here, right? Yes, it did. Because you're covered in fucking Mason. Yeah, I was going to say, he looks like a dirty boy. Yeah. Very dirty boy over there. That's, More dusty uh, than dirty. but That's a concrete splatter and like climbing up the dirt hills and stuff. And Listen, the, the construction work, it doesn't sleep even though it's cold. And it doesn't sleep even though one of their own is getting married. <laughs> Ooh, well, one more week. He's Eight days. He's sweating. Man, dude. I am not sweating. I am so shotgun. goddamn excited. It's a shotgun wedding. Yep, Mr. Nord standing there with a fucking <laughs> big old shotgun. I've seen your wife's meme. Yeah, uh, wife-to-be. Wife-to-be, her little uh, meaning of Nord and then what a fox was. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're, you're a dirty deep. little grubber. You, that need be, you need to be Jordan Fox hyphen Nord. Yeah. Sorry. Listen, she's gotta... been pushing that lately. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. All right. Vic, good job, everybody. I thought, uh... I thought you were going to bring up the Baby Yoda memes. Oh, God. Uh, I haven't even watched it you got to be yet. careful on the Baby Yodas. Mm. Disney's taking everybody down. Oh, I hear about that. They're uh-huh. attacking the memes. That's right. There, it's oh. the attack of the memes. Oh. Disney's pulling people's channels. Is They're he, pulling everything. Is that little thing's name actually Yoda? Or is no, it, it's just like cute baby thing. I haven't it's, seen the show. I mean, everyone calls it Baby Yoda because what else are we supposed to call it? Baby, whatever species they, Yoda yeah. is. Yeah, I was gonna say they've never said what species he was. Mm. I just so thought, I don't know. See, and here's old ignorant racist Adam here. <laughs> I always thought he was a Dagobah native. 
I thought that's what a Dagabonian would look like. I don't, what the hell's a Dagabonian? I don't know. <laughs> also a word I made up to describe the, the citizens of Dagobah. Well, I it would fit in. You could name any Star Wars alien that. Yeah. Just fine. As long as they're from Dagobah. Yeah. Mm. Everyone in the Cantina Band are Cantinians. <laughs> that's right. Because that's where they're from. <laughs> they hail from the Cantina. <laughs> vagina face fucking aliens oh. with the little horn in their their cavity oh. uh, sir please remove the flute from your cavity all right cody why don't you take this away all right well um i think uh adam you're really this is gonna be right up your alley i have a feeling you're really gonna enjoy it but let me get started here let me tease you guys a little yeah bit. tease me before the legendary figure Dr. Brinkley that we covered in a previous episode Hell yeah. were several other famous flimflam men throughout the early 1900s, there's a gentleman who may be a little lesser known and slightly forgotten as time passes, but nonetheless, he should be put on the Mount Rushmore of con men. Oh, this is our job now, is this to is... establish the Mount Rushmore of con yep. men. Yep. We're, we're putting them up there. Brinkley's George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? Isn't he? Um, I'm going to say this. I did this guy to kind of get us warmed up for the bigger case that I'm going to be doing oh. probably next month. Somehow. He might actually be George Washington. Oh, this guy shit. might be like Theodore Roosevelt, maybe. Perfect. Once we get our crew together, we'll decide. We'll decide who's, who's who. One? Yeah. Who's number one? <laughs> Those who know this individual may remember him as having somewhat of a Wild West Robin Hood reputation that is now part of his legend. Oh, he stole from the poor to give to the rich. <laughs> mm. Ki- uh, kind of. As you will learn throughout this two-part episode, that statement is somewhat true, but this Robin Hood did not have a problem with ripping off innocent people and was definitely not afraid to commit violent acts if need be, (laughs) or at least have others do them on his behalf. Hey, I'm going to send Tommy and Tony over to your (laughs) house. Yeah, and Friar Tuck. The best part about this is Jordan, how dirty he is, he's going to fit in perfectly in this time period. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. And the man we are talking about is none other than Jefferson Randolph Soapy Smith II. Well, if he's soapy, that's the opposite of me. Yeah, he's super clean. He's squeaky clean. Have you you heard of Soapy Smith, Adam? I have heard the name Soapy Smith, but I don't know why. It's it, once we get into it, it might start ringing some bells. Um, I'm, you know what else he's a comes? Character Raleigh Fingers comes to mind Raleigh when I think of Fingers? Sophie Smith. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because of all the old Wild West names we're going to be going through in this thing. It's just like I wish we could have sweet names like that. Oh, again. I know, I know, we got really fucking ripped <laughs> off. <laughs> we didn't get any cool ones. Mm-mm. We will also learn later on why exactly he is called Soapy Smith. And I will be referring to him as Soapy throughout the rest of the episodes. Fair enough. Soapy Smith was born on November 2nd, 1860 in Coeta County, Georgia to Jefferson Randolph Smith Jr. and Emily Dawson Smith. Now, I can only assume because of Soapy's legend, many believe that he was actually born from Southern aristocracy and his grandfather was a senator in Georgia, but that isn't exactly correct. Mm. 
Soapy's great-grandfather, John Smith, the most oh. generic white name ever. <laughs> he fucked Pocahontas. He was a, he was a prophet. <laughs> I get, yes, right. What if that actually was his great-grandfather? No, that That'd was Joseph Smith. Oh, ah. damn it. <laughs> it's, it's Joseph Smith's evil I was just brother. trying to remember the Salt Park episode. Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was born in London in 1752, and he fought during the Revolutionary War. Hell yeah, where, yeah. He, where he was a captain at the Siege of Savannah. Hell yes, oh, my that boy. That is sweet. He's the reason it? Savannah's so haunted. Because <laughs> he killed all the <laughs> fucking Brits there. Yep. <laughs> Just <laughs> shot him dead. <laughs> in 1782, John Smith was living in, I think it was Dwinweedy. Dinwiddie? Dinwiddie County, Virginia. I don't know <laughs> what that means, but whatever. Dinwiddie County. Now, I think I might know where the uh, insult dimwit came from. You, Dinwiddie. <laughs> like, listen, they're not the brightest, so we, we got to come a- up with this so they don't know what we're saying. Hey, Dimwit, how's it going? Dude, we got to ask uh, uh, Holly and Daniel if this place still exists. Dinwiddie County. Yeah, because yeah, right. they live in Virginia. Yeah, we absolutely do. Now, John Smith, he owned 12 slaves and seven horses, oh, which meant he was... Good. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not good. Definitely not owning horses. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> now, because he owned 12 slaves, it probably meant he was fairly wealthy because that was more slaves than the average plantation owner uh, owned during this time. Well, I thought... The average would have been more in like the twenty range. That's what the that's what my research says that they usually didn't have more than twelve. So sure. you're running he, a small plot, you know. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, that's true. I don't think I don't really know what he's doing exactly, but he owns. I mean, it's not right, but he owns twelve. Obviously, Cody, you yeah. don't have to keep. It, up. Okay. It's probably All tobacco. Right. In Virginia. Yeah. You think so? Holly, tell us what your main product <laughs> is in Virginia. Are you related to John Smith, Holly, or Daniel? Let us know. Can you just tell this whole story for us, please? <laughs> now, Soapy's grandfather was named Ira Ellis Smith, born on April 10th, 1794, and he was a doctor and served as a sergeant in the Virginia militia during the War of 1812. Man. Ooh. These boys are seeing service. Oh, yeah. Ira Smith then moved to Coweta County in 1828, where he won land in the 6th District from the Georgia Land Lottery ran by the state to distribute former Cherokee lands. Mm. Oh, that's nice. This is just a pleasant episode (laughs) with a bunch of stand-up people. Georgia did this too? Apparently. In another episode, the Oklahoma, some they were doing that. What were we doing? Lot in Oklahoma? Yeah, Yeah. I remember that because I think you were talking about it. I'm like, they just like had a lottery to give land away. Apparently. Holy shit, look at that. You know what I like? When our podcast teaches us stuff. How about that? And I'll reiterate the fact fuck lot in Oklahoma. (laughs) And fuck (laughs) Louisiana land lobsters. What the fuck? Is that a football team? No, but Georgia Land Lottery <laughs> made me think oh, of... Louisiana Laugh, <laughs> Land Lobster. <Yeah. laughs> well, I'm just sad that they took all that land from those great Jeep vehicles. I know, yeah. right? They had so much room to roam. <laughs> they killed and scalped all the Jeep Grand Cherokee. You're a convertible now. <laughs> yeah, they're all trucks now. That's why they're so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was terrible. It was very bad. I apologize. (laughs) 
All right, now Soapy's father, Jefferson Randolph Smith, was born on March 21st, 21st, 1832 in Coweta County, where he was a farmer and a lawyer. Mm. What a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Multi-talented. Sorry, mate, your honor, I just had to uh, plow the fields real quick. (laughs) Where's your suit? It's all, you got fucking overalls on. (laughs) Oh, shit, wrong job. (laughs) When when the cows get out, I have to take care of that. (laughs) Can we have have a break? I gotta go milk the cows. (laughs) Old Bessie's really acting up. So it was in Coweta <laughs> County where he married Emily Dawson Edmondson, whom was Soapy's mother. Now, as you can see, Soapy's family was certainly involved with important wars throughout history. Fuck yeah. But he was definitely not Southern <laughs> aristocracy. And <laughs> am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And uh, he was he'd be most likely considered Southern middle class. Sure. Ain't nothing wrong with blue collar. That's <clears throat> not. Now, as mentioned, Soapy was born in 1860, and that pesky Civil War began in 1861 and lasted until 1865. Oh, I fought those horrors many, many times. (laughs) So as you can imagine, his family had to uh, live on a bit of hard times. Hell yeah. They mentioned, uh, I can't remember what the march was, but they basically went Sherman's march? All through Georgia and destroyed all of it, basically. Sherman's march. Yeah. Sherman's march to the sea, my friend. Yep, and they basically had to endure all of that yeah. shit, which is, you know... They called him the Butcher. Oh, did yeah. they? Oof, that's not great. Now, we know that the Smith family was still living in Georgia until at least 1873 because the birth records place his sister being born here. They believe not long after the family moved to Round Rock, Texas Yeehaw! to start a new life. Mm. Now, Ron, Round Rock is located just outside of Austin, and in the mid-1870s, was very much a frontier town. Ooh, Definitely. so the saloons have those cool, like, flappy doors? Flapping doors. So. Yep. Those things are sweet. Dude, oh, my yeah. mom used to have those at her salon going into the back room. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because she's a fucking wanted to be a cowboy? In case any, yeah, in case any outlaws came in there, shoot up the place. <laughs> Just come on with a Remington. <laughs> we don't like your top round here. Mm-mm. You owe me for your last perm, Judith. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Round Rock was founded in 1851 because it was a stop along for the Chisholm Trail, which was used for cattle moving from South Texas to Abilene, Kansas. It is believed that while in Round Rock, Soapy would have been able to witness one of the most famous shootouts in Texas history. Yeah. On July 19th, 1878, infamous train robber Sam Bass and his gang were spotted coming out of a general store in town. Deputy Sheriff A.W. Grimes then approached (laughs) Sam Bass and his gang, telling them to surrender their firearms. Without hesitation, one of the gang members shot the sheriff and killed him. Get get out, law. (laughs) Sam Bass and his gang were attempting to flee, but... Would be shot by Texas Rangers George Harold, yes, Chuck Norris, George Harold. Okay, wait a second, wait a second now, boys. What was Chuck? What was uh, Walker's partner's name? Oh fuck! He was the uh, the native guy who like not Walker. It wasn't. It was not Walker. Black Walker. Blocker. No, it was uh, what Smith Emmett. 
I can't Smith. remember. I think it was Emmett Smith. Smith. I think it was Emmett Smith. <laughs> Emmett Smith. <laughs> he just ran through everybody and took off. Now I'm a racist. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he'd be shot by Texas Rangers George Harold and Richard Ware. Allegedly, Smith told his cousin Edwin, who witnessed Ware shooting base... Yeah, I think he got him. <laughs> Apparently, that's what he said every shot. I think he got him. Now, while we don't know for certain, it is believed that Soapy was in Round Rock at this t- at the time of the shootout because he was herding cattle. Mm. But we do know for certain, prior to his criminal career, he was a cattle herder. Mm. The authors of the book. The Reign of Soapy Smith wrote this about Soapy and the Chisholm Trail. The old Chisholm Trail between San Antonio and Abilene often heard the hoofbeats of his chaos. We're going to go with Cayuse. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> Hell's Half Acre at Dodge City came to know him well. Among his acquaintances, the numbered many of the famous buffalo hunters, <laughs> border town marshals whose exploits were to become legendary, Profession gunmen, tin horns, and cattle rustlers. <laughs> but his most intimate friend was, like himself, a runaway from home and a cowboy, mm. a Texas youngster by the name of <laughs> Joe Simons. Mm. Theirs was an enduring comradeship, marking one of the deepest friendships of Smith's life and continuing as long as either live. I love this episode. <laughs> I wish I I want to be a runaway cowboy Texas youngster. <laughs> Together they rode the range, driving great herds of Texas Longhorns over the plains the year around, mm. choking in the heavy clouds of dust raised by the plodding steers and in arid midsummer, or drenched to the skin as they plunged through the raging torrents of the Cimarron, <laughs> the Canadian, and the Brazos in the flood seasons, mm. their way lighted by vivid lightning flashes while the bellowing of the beasts mingled with thunder crashes and the swish of <laughs> pelting rain. <laughs> Jeff Smith might have lived and died on the range had he not been overtaken by a sudden misfortune after he had been riding herd for some years. It was not so devastating, but it was just enough to alter completely the trend of his life. Mm. All right. Now. That was beautiful. That that was beautiful, right? Like, it makes you kind of want to, like, herd Texas Longhorns. I'm, I'm ready to drive some. <laughs> I'm ready to drive some steer up to Dodge City, my friend. Or Abilene. Get up to Abilene. Get Hell me yeah. up to Abilene, my son. Wouldn't it be down to Abilene from where we are? Well, I'm going to be on he's, the Chisholm Trail from gonna, the uh, fucking uh, Round Rock. I, I thought you were saying from here down to Abilene. No, we're going to create our own trail. You're going to fly down to San Antonio. Yeah. Run them up to Abilene. But I'll fly down there first? Yeah, you'll fly okay. down there. Then you'll. Get That's kind of outside the cowboy spirit of it. Yeah, no, you have to ride a horse all the way to yeah. San Antonio. Oh, all right. Me and now. Jordan are making a new trail called the Jism Trail. <laughs> we just got jizz marks everywhere. <laughs> and we're going from here to Abilene. Oh, God, it's been 100 yards. Quick, crank it. <laughs> we need to make breadcrumbs with our jizzing. Now, what the authors are referring to as his misfortune is when Soapy rode into San Antonio with a month's worth of wages intending to go to the circus. He's going to get a lot of cotton candy for a month's wages. Honestly, that's a huge waste of money. (laughs) They don't have nothing else to do. Go to the circus. Fuck the circus. (laughs) Now, the town was filled with many cowhands, but it was also filled with sharpers and hawkers. 
all yelling at the street corners. Now, the story goes that Soapy was sitting there waiting for the circus parade to arrive when he took notice of a mystical man of which he had never seen before. He said, I curse you to be thinner. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) It was a man standing behind a table that had nothing but three empty walnut shells and a pea beneath one. The man would then shuffle the shells on the table to cause confusion to the player of the game. All you had to do is guess which shelf the P was under, the authors wrote. He didn't know he was face-to-face with Clubfoot Hall, (laughs) one of the greatest shell game experts of all time. But if he had, it is doubtful that this would have deterred him. He was sure he could follow the train of the P, so he tried it. (laughs) Then he tried it again and again. And again, Soapy didn't see the circus that day. A month's wages. When he left Hall's stand, he couldn't have bought a sandwich. See no purpose in remaining in the festive atmosphere. Penniless, he mounted his horse dejectedly and rode back to the ranch. If you fuck with Clubfoot Hall, the greatest shell game expert of our time, don't even come at me. Like I love that name. Clubfoot Hall. God damn. God damn, I love the Old West. We need to bring these names back. You're not kidding. (laughs) Jesus. You're not kidding. Your old dumb tongue wong. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Dumb tongue wong. There we go. (laughs) It was at this point that Soapy came to the realization that the club-footed showman had taken all of his money. The money that had taken Soapy an entire month of hard Backbreaking work to earn. Well, you should. Fail swoop. Should have went to goddamn. It is one fell swoop. (laughs) One fell swoop. Sorry. Yes, one (laughs) fail swoop. (laughs) Well, he failed at finding the piece. So there you go. Failed at going to business school. That's for sure. (laughs) So clearly, Soapy was in the wrong business. Why continue his cattle herding when it was much more profitable to be a con man? Oh, so old Clubfoot's an inspiration. He did. He changed his life. So Soapy proceeded to quit his job almost immediately and proceed to follow the traveling road show. He would travel around the country selling cheap trinkets and fake jewelry. As time progressed, Soapy began to learn what is referred to as short cons, which were designed to quickly scan the gullible out of their money. You might see Soapy offering the shell game, three-card Monty, or rigged poker games does everybody know what uh three card monty is yeah Uh, i've played three card poker it's basically the shell game except for it's got three cards you got to pick the face card oh yeah okay and obviously they're like doing the shit where there is no face card so and they're palming it or whatever yeah soapy got so good at this he could spot the type of person who would be the most susceptible to these cons. Because he was one. Basically. He was a goddamn mark, and now he can spot the goddamn marks. Just I, stick to what you know. I yep. didn't read, but he I don't think he ever made it to a circus the rest of his life. He That's never sad. got to see the fucking ringlings. No. I actually looked that up for the time period, and apparently like the London Circus traveled around America around that time. Sure. Like a literal circus. I could barely believe it. Fuck. It was like, crazy. Like loaded up a couple ships and came over or yeah, something. They had the little 
dancing bear or whatever. The Man, fuck I remember I went to the circus once when I was a kid, mm. and that shit was not that fun. I was bored the whole time. Yeah. I rode an elephant, and that was about it. That's very cruel. <laughs> I, I, tried. I know, I feel bad now. I was a little kid, I didn't know. <laughs> I tried to ride a llama at the Renfest, but they said it was too big. Oh, fuck, that's wow, just sad. weight discrimination. No shit, right? <laughs> llama, get your little llama legs and take my fat body around, around the circle, please. I mean, to be fair, I probably was like... 220 at the time. Yeah. Maybe you just stick to the camel. Maybe just ride the camel. Listen, I don't want no bunk-ass camel. Okay. I don't want... Right. I want to ride a goddamn llama. <laughs> I don't want no humps making me horny on accident. No. Why would you? Camel toes. I'll tell you what, though. At the... Uh, talking about riding animals. Mm. Never mind. It's gone. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, the brilliant thing about the short cons and following the road show is you could win people's money and get out of town before any sort of repercussions. Mm, makes sense. <laughs> it was around this time period when Soapy would eventually find himself in Fort Worth, Texas. It just wishes it was Dallas. <laughs> now, while here, Soapy began to assemble a merry band of fellow con men and criminals that would eventually become known as... The Soap Gang. Yes, okay. Now, this is where I've heard of the Soap Gang before. Yeah, okay, now yeah. it's actually, like, starting to click that I have heard of this. He, he, he like, <clears throat> ramps up really fast. <laughs> now, Soapy selected certain men because they all seem to have their own specialties. Frankie they breaks kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like each one of them was good at a different type of con basically he's he's making the avengers basically yeah. the, the con man avengers <laughs> the con avengers <laughs> they had all run their own con solo before but when the soap gang formed they were, they were able to bribe law enforcement and politicians to protect everyone hell yeah Ooh. eventually the gang would find their way to the mineral boom town of Leadville, Colorado. Now, it was in Leadville <laughs> that, <Colorado. laughs> that Soapy would get his legendary nickname. <laughs> While here, Soapy would witness another con man running the prize soap racket. Mm -hmm. This man's name was Taylor. Apparently, Taylor took a liking to Soapy Smith and decided to take him under his wing and show him the secrets of the prize soap racket. They have that in uh, Deadwood. Do if they? you've seen Deadwood. The soap. Oh, do he's, they? There's a guy, he's walking around right as the. They're drumming up business at the mm -hmm. hardware store, mm -hmm. our two boys are. He's like, well, would you look at that? Five cents for a soap, and I found $20 <laughs> inside. That's what he does and he's right like, here. And he's like, run your con somewhere else, son. <laughs> now, Willis Loomis, who was a police officer in Colorado around this time and knew of Taylor, he said this. Taylor was quite a character himself. He never drank, smoked, or went into <laughs> saloons. Every afternoon, he opened his game at the Principal Street corner, Ran it for about an hour and closed up. He paid his license and obeyed the law. I used to watch him for half an hour at a time, and I never could figure out how he switched the cubes so that the <laughs> suckers always got the worst of it. <laughs> Among his boosters was a green-looking kind. They, they called him Smith. 
<laughs> who would walk up and pick out a lucky soap soap <laughs> cube. <laughs> the kid would whoop with joy on finding the soap was wrapped in a twenty or fifty, <laughs> and this would encourage the crowd to buy. <laughs> Nobody knew or cared who the kid was or where he came from. Personal questions weren't asked those days at Leadville. Taylor was a heavy-set, genteel sort of man and looked more like a prosperous businessman than a sharper. <laughs> Whether Taylor was his real name, I never knew. There was a rumor that he was an absconding bank cashier, but I never received any inquiries about him at my office. One day, he dropped out of sight as quietly as he came, and I never heard of him again. When Taylor disappeared, the Smith kid vanished too. <clears throat> it's kind of like Sweeney Todd. Smells I... like piss. <laughs> oh. I started that movie and I haven't finished it yet. It's not Amy, that good. Amy it's and I good. just rewatched it. Okay. All right. I mean, listen, don't take my word for it. But you need to just watch it? Yeah. Okay. It's worth it. I mean, I'm a sucker for like a good musical, so. See, I don't like musicals that much, but I think. That's because you're just uncultured. <laughs> That's kind of true. I'm dumb tongue. Dumb, dumb tongue, tongue Cody, that's why, yeah, dumb tongue <laughs> So Soapy would display his soap stand on whatever street he thought he could draw in some suckers. He would begin with showing the crowd his ordinary cakes of soap. Obviously, this was no ordinary soap. Sure. It had all sorts of magical properties and curing agents. It'll clear your blemishes <laughs> yeah. and make you look 20 years younger. Cure syphilis, cure ah, everything. Oh. As the crowd grew larger and larger, Soapy would pull out his wallet and begin to wrap $1 to $100 around the bars of soap and then wrap plain paper around all of the bars of soap. Then, of course, mix the soap all up, giving the illusion that if you were lucky enough, you could pull out that $100 bill yourself. <laughs> what the crowd didn't realize was that Soapy used sleight of hand to pull the money wrap bars out if you wanted to try your hand at the soap lottery, it would cost you $1. <laughs> now, to take the con to another level, a shill from the crowd would run up, purchase a bar of soap. Miraculously, he would find the soap bar that contained the money, mm -hmm. sending the crowd into a frenzy, mm -hmm. like you mentioned. When Soapy was about to close a shop down, he would announce that nobody's found that $100 bill yet. And then he would auction off the rest of the show, soap to the highest bidder. I see, like the like the end of a pull tab box. Basically, yeah. yeah. Come get it. It's yeah. in here somewhere. Yeah. I swear it. <laughs> Officer Loomis said. He had grown a black beard and was working the game just as Taylor had. <laughs> After Taylor quit, Jeff Smith had the game to himself, and he was very successful. Shellman the country over tried to imitate him, but somehow they couldn't get the knock of handling the soap. Besides, Jeff outclassed them all in making the spiel, <laughs> and he had a natural gift for sleight of hand. Mm. He did so well that, before long, everybody who knew him in Denver was calling him Soapy, mm. and the name always clung to him. We never had much trouble with him. He had a lot of good qualities and made a lot of real friends. Wow, oh, this is great. This dude has a lot of friends. That is nice. <laughs> Uh, they're criminal friends, but they're friends. They're still friends, yes. Cody. Okay, all right, all right. 
You know how hard that is these days to make to genuine make real friends. friends? Mm-hmm. Listen, I call you two friends, and look yeah. at that. And yeah, we, we haven't even. There's an you illiterate off and then a beautiful soul like Adam. Exactly. We, we haven't even ripped you off with soap yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> That's on the agenda. Jokes on you. I don't use soap. <laughs> we did try combusting him with a true, candle. True. True. Yeah. True. True. With Soapy making so much money out of the soap con, he decided to venture into Denver and take his operation to another level. Soapy is said to have ventured into Denver around 1879 with his gang and began to build his major criminal empire. By 1882, he would build it up so much that he had all the police and public (laughs) officials in his pocket and could compete. Completely avoid being arrested. Oh, yes. That's that's a life. Diplomatic immunity. (laughs) In the lower downtown part of Denver, there lies 17th Street between Union Station and Larimer Street. It was so notorious, it even earned the nickname Streets of Doom. (laughs) Badass. That's fucking baller. It was said that if you could make it from Union Station to Laramere Street without giving any money to Soapy's gang, your money would be relatively slave safe for the rest of your time in Denver. All right. You just have to make it. It's like the, uh, the, cl- uh, the get, or no, the buckle, the buckle challenge. You just have to uh-huh. like, get in and out of the store without getting asked if you need help. Man, I have never completed a good buckle challenge. It's impossible. I don't even know what that is, but I do know that I love this idea. <laughs> so that These guys are just fucking camped out, and if you make yeah. it past them, you're fine. Yeah, no, the buckle challenge is you have to walk in and get what to is, the... Is buckle a store? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So they have, like, Affliction and Levi's. Like, okay, gotcha. The trendy clothes, gotcha. and yeah, you have yeah. to, like, they're notorious for, like... Basically, the second you walk in, someone's like, hey, can I help you with anything? Mm. So the buckle challenge is to walk to walk in, get to the back of the store, and walk out without anyone asking if they can help you with anything. <laughs> and nobody's ever done it, I'm sure. I've never well, done it. Well, they're, they're paid off commission. So they're hawks. Gotcha. They're hawks yeah. getting you constantly. So. Fuck. Well, that's exactly what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Within this area, Soapy had his business... The Tavoli Club, I think that's how you say it. Tavoli? Tavoli Club. Yeah. That was your classic saloon and gambling establishment. Hell yeah, I bet you could get a haircut there too. (laughs) Probably. Soapy's brother, I think this is Bascom. Yep. Yeah, man. I don't know. What a weird name. I don't know. Bring it back. Cody got that, so. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Okay, your first child has to be named Bascom. Bascom Fox. (laughs) The name is already picked out. Bascom. Bascom. (laughs) Who was obviously part of his gang and operated his very own cigar shop, which was just a front for fixed poker games and other swindles. Soapy around this time also ran a fraudulent lottery ran a fake watch and diamond auctions, and even sold stocks for non-existent businesses. Ooh, he is good. Want to hear something good about him, though, I did read? Yes. So apparently Soapy stood up for women. So if Hell one yeah. of his gamblers beat women or, like, the the prostitutes or whatever... Apparently, Soapy would go up and just deck him in the fucking Straighten face. Straighten him right out. There yeah. we go. He'd fuck him up. So. That a boy. He Soapy, was... I'm going to be honest with you. With the fact 
except for Soapy's kind of a scumbag and a thief and a hustler. Doesn't seem that bad. He seems like a bad. gentleman. He's not that bad. We're, I mean, towards the end of this episode, you're going to see it changes a little bit. But... He might take a turn <laughs> yeah. for the dark side. Everybody has a little bit of a dark point in their life, yeah. right? <laughs> By 1888, Soapy controlled most of the organized crime in the city. Soapy would have roughly 100 con men working for him, wow. which included such characters as Reverend John Bowers, <laughs> okay. who, would, who would sometimes pretend he is a man of the cloth. <laughs> Prof- Listen, Reverend is a title you don't take lightly. <laughs> Professor William Jackson, a con man who would pretend he was a mine or mineral expert. For protection, Soapy had a few well-known gunslingers, such as Texas Jack Vermillion yeah. of the White Earp Gang. He's in Tombstone. Oh, yeah, he, yeah I, it, it seems like he was involved with uh, Bloody Tombstone, right? Yep. yep. The shootout or whatever. Absolutely. Big Ed Burns, uh, Leadville Bunko boss. Uh, do you guys know what Bunko means? What's it's it mean? It's a swindler. A Bunko uh, means swindler? I don't know if it's Bunko or Bunko. Or... You're a real Bunko boss. <laughs> So I'm gonna go to Bunko Land and find myself a new swindler. <laughs> you should go to next time you go to Vegas. Be like, look, look here, Bunko boss. Yeah, I'm not yeah, like taking those, your shit. Those goddamn Buddhist monks who like put the bracelet on you, and when you, <laughs> if you're like, thanks, and you walk away, they just like grab your wrist, and they're like, that's five dollars. Here's your bracelet back. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> or like the people give you the rap albums yeah. in Hollywood. I don't want your oh, CD. No. Bro. Dude, I thought no. they were giving me a free thing. He's like, no, 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 that costs money. I'm like, here, take this Yeah, they shit. got those on the it. strip. Like, one guy was like, man, because they were just like, man, you, you like rap, hip-hop? I was like, yeah, dude. He's like, here, have, have one of my mixtapes. And I was like, nah, I'm good, because I know you're going to try to get, like, ten fucking bucks out of me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, man, it's free. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's never free, bro. Or... Sure shot Tom Caddy, as well as about a dozen other cold-hearted killers. Like I mentioned previously, Soapy nor any of his gang members could be touched. Most of the police officers in Denver were in his pocket, and any who weren't feared what would happen if they even attempted to make an arrest. Sure, they gotta we, feed their families too. We know the, We know about the fear of God. <laughs> what about the fear of Soapy? <laughs> now, if, and I mean if... On a rare occasion, any member of the gang was arrested. A flurry of attorneys would quickly get them out of jail. I could see it. There would be a voting fraud trial in 1889 (laughs) where prosecutors were tried to bring attention to all of the payouts Soapy was giving the chief of police and the mayor of Denver. (laughs) (laughs) Now, eventually, (laughs) this would result in the mayor being removed from office, but it literally did nothing to hurt Soapy's influence in Denver. Yeah, because he just paid the new mayor. Yep, just plug and play. Here we go. Like, it it kind of sounds like this, the fucking citizens kind of like him. I think so. Like Just like, like Escobar, you know? Yeah. Citizens I, of I Colombia mean, loved him. I have a feeling he killed a lot more people than Soapy did. I think so. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned prior, how Soapy in the end would start to develop sort of a Robin Hood stigma... But to this point, it sounds like he is nothing more than a swindler and a gangster who took advantage of people. Well, where this notion comes in is Soapy, for some reason, would always help the downtrodden. Mm. If any member of his gang needed financial aid, Soapy would help them. This in turn would make the members of his gang extremely loyal. Sure. 
The police officers would even ask Soapy for help, like when the police said the poor population of Denver needed help. Soapy would give them money for food. Even Tom Uzel of the People's Tabernacle Church wow. would even seek out Soapy for assistance, even with knowing where the money was coming from. One time, Tom Uzel was giving people a tour of the city, and they came upon Soapy and his posse. Tom introduced Soapy as the most infamous confidence man in America. <laughs> And my friend. Ooh, damn. It's wonderful. You got a, pastor's, a pastor on your back here. Of course, a man in Soapy's position was not without rivals and enemies, but with so much influence and power in Denver, none would have the balls to try to make a move against him. Of course. Most of the time, the only thing he had to worry about was when other swindlers would move into town and try to set up shop and try to compete with his cons. Soapy wouldn't just act out in violence. He, most of the time, was able to convince them perhaps they should find another place to set up shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there would be one individual in particular named Rincon Kid, Kid Kelly who moved into Denver. That means corner. Is that Rincon? Yeah, Rincon. Rincon. Yeah. Rincon Kid Kelly. Unless if it's Mexican. Or, I mean Spanish, god damn it. Is Kelly a Spanish name? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with that's very Danish. My name is Kelly. Now, Kelly was a very prolific shell game expert. <laughs> Initially, Soapy kept an eye on him, but figured as long as he stayed within his bounds, there wouldn't be any problem. But, a, but Kelly apparently was a bit arrogant and assumed this meant that Soapy was afraid of him. He's got Texas Jack for million on his team. <laughs> yeah. He's not fucking worried about the Rincon kid. No, it blows fucking The corner kid. Off. Yeah. Oh, that kind of makes sense. He's running this hustle on the corner. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love how many shell fucking game people there is, and they're like... And have like many, a list of the shell game Hall of Fame people. Or doesn't what? make sense. Like, <laughs> and how many marks are there that just don't already know that this is a con? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If you see three shells in a P, <laughs> get the fuck out of don't there. Don't play it. Yeah. No. How does the P not get mushy? That's what I'm wondering. Ooh. It's a dried P. Okay. A wasabi P. <laughs> there we there go. you go. <laughs> Cody, it's not that hard to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> You so, could use a bean. You could use a marble. You could use said, a goddamn pebble. It said a pea, and I assume it has to be pea. Yeah, at all times. <laughs> oh, no, that one got squashed. Let me go into this can again. <laughs> so Kelly became bolder and bo bolder until he eventually tried to set up his shell game on 17th Street. Idiot. Which was a big no-no. Soapy had enough and told Kelly... You better get the fuck out of here, otherwise you will face the consequences. Kelly was very pissed off, but seemed to get the message and left. But told Soapy he would get his revenge. Yeah. The next event occurred sometime in 1889 and would leave a bit of a stain on Soapy's reputation in the future. A man named Colonel John Arkins, whom was the editor for the Rocky Mountain News, felt it was his civic duty to strike out against the crime and corruption that had a stranglehold on Denver around this time. His weapon of choice was obviously the newspapers. Oh, yeah. John Arkins wanted to take aim at Soapy Smith directly because he knew, in essence, that he was the head of the snake. 
So obviously he wrote a few things about Soapy that he didn't take too kindly to. So in a fit of rage, Soapy and a man named Banjo Parker waited for John to leave the office and then violently assaulted him with a loaded cane. Do you think his name was actually Banjo? I don't. Maybe. What? I don't know. Maybe he just liked to play Banjo. I don't know. I would love it if it was. <laughs> it's like Backup ban- question. What the fuck is a loaded cane? Like a cane gun? It's a cane that has like a weighted top to it. Oh, uh, so like you see in movies, sometimes bad guy have like kind of like what Peter Pettigrew has in Sweeney Todd. Is yes. it? It's, just, it's yeah. just like if you hit him with, it, it's gonna fucking hurt. Like you know an asp. I mean? Yeah, a cane. What is what is Peter Pettigrew's actor's name? I can never remember. Neither can I. I just know him as Peter Pettigrew, yeah. <laughs> chubby, chubby, creepy rat man. Yeah, pretty much. That's with might that, be his real with, name yeah. with that big ward on his face. Yeah. Maybe he's Banjo Parker. Could be. Could be. <laughs> the Aspen Daily Chronicle wrote this later. Colonel John Arkins is suffering from a slight fraction of the skull over the left temple, the result of the cowardly assault made on him by Soapy Smith. Colonel Arkins is confined to his rooms, and the doctors have ordered that no visitors be admitted, (laughs) but state that his condition is not considered dangerous. This morning, July 30, Honorable Thomas Patterson (laughs) appeared in Justice Palmer's court in a very excited condition, and addressing the court, said... I learned that Smith has been released on $500 bail on a simple charge of assault, whereas the warrant reads for assault with intent to commit murder. I demand that bail be $2,500. Justice Palmer acceded Mr. Patterson's request, and John Knevey qualified (laughs) for the additional $2,000. Wow. (sighs) So... Soapy obviously posting the bail. Oh, yeah. That's no problem. No, not for him. And feeling that he might have crossed the line this time. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't piss the whip fucking colonels. (laughs) He decided, I better get the hell out of Denver. So Soapy and a few, few of his gang members headed for Pocatillo, Idaho. And as no surprise... They found trouble here, too. What the fuck is in Idaho besides potatoes? You're going to find out. Oh, you're not trying to set us French fries, bud? (laughs) The Mormons were assaulting them. Right when they pulled into... No, that's Utah. What am I thinking? Well, that's... uh, You can go up a few states. (laughs) You're almost there. (laughs) Were they around at this time? Oh, yeah. Were they? Okay, okay. Right when they pulled in from the train station, there was someone waiting for him. That person was none other than the shell game huckster who had been shoot out of Denver, Rincon Kid Kelly. Welcome back to the fold, <laughs> Rincon Kid. The story goes that Kelly and three of his gang members approached Soapy and his gang members with their guns drawn. Shit. Of course, with Kelly and his posse at the advantage here, Kelly figured, I will show Soapy who is the boss in Pocatillo. He said, Well, well, if it isn't Soapy Smith, I don't think you'll like it here, Soapy. I wouldn't stay if I were you. I told you I'd get you someday. So, how did Soapy handle the situation he was currently in? Well, he drew his pistol with lightning speed and fired at Kelly from the hip. Uh Uh-huh. He missed Kelly. 
But it ended up shooting Kelly's top man, Sam Beecher, lodging the bullet in his leg. A hail of gunfire then rang rang out with both groups shooting wildly. (sighs) Men were running and hiding behind railway cars and telephone poles. Barrels and shit, I'm sure. (laughs) This is literally Red Dead Redemption. This is is the best. (laughs) I've got the biggest boner. (laughs) The entire region was in a wild uproar with the townspeople who were just waiting for the train fleeing in all directions. <laughs> I that, thought this was going to be a nice day for a trip. That's also just like Red Dead yeah. when I unload at the train station. Shockingly, not a single other person would be shot. So they're all terrible shots. I mean, how good a shot can be with a little fucking six-shooter? No shit. And, the and they're like fucking firing from the hip, fan <laughs> yeah. firing. The police eventually managed to get the shootout under control, and the men were arrested. Very shortly afterwards, Soapy was tried for the shooting and was honorably discharged on the plea of honorable self-defense. What the fuck is being... Is that just... He was not released. guilty? Not guilty, basically. <laughs> because he had the right to defend himself. That's why he shot Sam Beecher. I see. And as a con man, he's probably just good at talking, so... Technically, in the Old West, he was he was being attacked by them. They so walked he had the right to yeah. shoot him. Stand your ground. Yeah, they had the guns pointed yeah. at him. So after this, Soapy and his gang would return to Denver in hopes maybe they had forgotten about that little beating situation. It was like a few minutes ago, <laughs> and then you went to another place and immediately killed someone. <laughs> no, he lived. He just had a bullet in his leg. Sam Beecher? Uh, okay, good. He's, he he's became alive. the new club foot. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. oh my gosh, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> but Soapy's reputation was severely tarnished, and Denver had enough of the lawlessness and corruption that had been plaguing the city. They would begin to work diligently to clean it up. Even the police officers, who had at one time had no problem taking a little bribe money, were starting to act like actual police officers should. <laughs> Holy Boo. fuck. Boo. Fuck you for doing your job. Boo. By 1892, Denver was no place for a man like Soapy anymore. <sighs> ain't no place for men like us, Dutch. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just ain't. <laughs> so Soapy would have to find another town to set up shop. It just so happened that a little town by the name of Creed... Can you take (laughs) me ...had just formed after a major silver strike was found. Soapy started his takeover by using prostitutes to entice the local property owners into signing over their leases to him. I suck your dick for your house. (laughs) It wouldn't take long for Soapy to purchase a ton of the storefronts and lots all along Main Street in Creed. In turn, he would rent them out to members of his gang. Then, once Soapy had control of a good chunk of the town, he installed his brother-in-law, William Sidney Cap Light, as deputy <laughs> sheriff. His nickname's Cap. Okay. Dude, that's what the uh, footing foreman at my job's nickname is. Is Cap? Yeah. Hell yeah. Was he a captain of something? <laughs> I don't know how he got it. <laughs> All I know is if I have a question, hey, Cap. Hey, Cap. Is he a deputy sheriff? He could be. <laughs> I'm guessing not. <laughs> he, so, his name might be William Sidney. <laughs> it's not. I oh. know his name. Damn it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it on air. <laughs> All right. Soapy then opened up the Orleans Club. That was a gambling hall and saloon. It even had something a little extra special for the patrons. Is it prostitutes? 
Even better. That's something special they would call McGinty, which was a petrified man that was on exhibit and anyone could see him for the low price of 10 cents. All right, that is a little that is a little bit better. I would take 10 cents and see this shit, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Fuck. Soapy did a lot of the same things he did while in Denver, but perhaps because it was a smaller town, he could more easily regulate all of the operations. He would protect his friends and associates from elected officials who basically had no power anyway. Soapy would always chase anyone out of Creed that he deemed to be a troublemaker. <laughs> okay. The king troublemaker <laughs> yeah. says no more troublemakers. Now, all of this made Soapy a very wealthy man, but ironically, he would give a lot of the money away to help build churches and to help the poor population, mm -hmm. which is another reason why he gets the Robin Hood type of stigma most people will remember him for today. He's just trying to redistribute the wealth, man. I mean, is that socialism? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> is Soapy a, a bleeding communist? I don't know. He hates everybody but the poor, basically, it seems like. I love it. But he loves taking their money. Well, well he maybe loves shell gaming. Him. Yeah, he likes he likes I don't know extort and uh, not extorting, tricking him. Yeah, he's a trickster, not a robber. No, he likes no, taking yeah. advantage of dum dums. You yeah. played the game, you lost the money. That's you how gotta it is. play to pay. You gotta pay to play, Jordan. <laughs> no, I'm gonna play to pay. <laughs> you gotta play to pay, bro. Now, like so many mining towns around this time, they would grow really fast. When the silver, gold, or whatever desirable mineral mineral was in high demand, but when that ran out, the town died, and Creed, Creed was not immune to this either. They die a fast death. Oh yeah. Once the silver leaves and the trail and the uh, railroad leaves, that's fucking. So the silver ran out. Creed fell apart. Oh, there we go. Now I don't know if Sophie. So <laughs> Sophie. <laughs> now I don't know if Soapy is just lucky or had perfect timing because right around when Creed lost its value, some of Soapy's old corrupt political buddies let him know that the reforms that were cleaning up Denver previously were about to come to an end and it would be right for the picking, or at least they thought. So Soapy mm. and his gang packed up. It made their way back to Denver once again. It sounds like they're about to spring a little uh, reverse trap on my boy Soap is what, it, is what you're setting up for me here. It's a, it's a, it's a longer process, yeah. but they're going to get them. They're playing the long con. And Soapy, <laughs> he's probably up on his high horse, high horse, high horse, and he's, you know, he's been fucking around in Creed, ripping those people off all this time. Mm-hmm. It's now he a, says, I'm unfucking touchable I'm going back to Denver, baby. <laughs> For a while. Now that Soapy was back in Denver, he needed to somewhat restart his empire. So he began with the same things that he had done before. The tried and true short cons and using new businesses as fronts for illegal activities. It seems Soapy developed a little bit of a new con, which involves selling discount railroad tickets. <laughs> what this entails is telling the customer looking to purchase railway tickets that the ticket agent had just stepped out of the office but would return shortly. In the meantime, they offered them big discounts on their railway tickets if they played some of their games, which, of course, were all rigged. Who would fall for that? I'm sorry. Apparently a lot Listen, of people. Listen, they're gone. They told me to get you your ticket. I can get you a little, uh, you know. 
If you beat this game, you'll get a discount ticket, sir. Uh, apparently, people bought. It. I mean, people. There's a lot of poor people this during this time, yeah. so it's like they're gonna do whatever they can to get some money, dude. If they can have a little bit of scratch in their pocket when they yeah. get to their destination. They'll be happy. So it wouldn't take Soapy Long to get his swagger back in Denver. He even openly admitted to being a con man in the local paper. He said, I consider Bunko steering more honorable than the life led by the average politician. <laughs> Still true today. Yep. This is very true. Now, the reforms that had been previously mentioned weren't quite in full effect any longer, but it seems there was a party that was actually leading the charge in cleaning up Denver and the Midwest, for that matter, called the Populist Party. In 1893, Colorado had elected a populist party member named Governor Davis Hanson. I think it's Waite. Mm-hmm. It is Waite. Who is leading the way to clean up all the corruption in the state. And as you will find out, he was not fucking around. And oh, that shit. Is it for part one? And we'll oh, pick no. up at part two about him cleaning up Denver, and then basically the second part of Soapy's life journey that he's most famous for. So, uh, yeah, that's Soapy. He's uh, my f- my hero, he's my a, Wild West hero. He's got to be so fucking charismatic. Oh, yeah. Like, he can just go into a town, gets them all riled up, sits everything in order, sits back, collects the cash. Says, listen up, boys. Yeah, Even I can sell you these walnut shells, boys. <laughs> and he fucking he blasts people. Yeah, he does. He's not afraid to blast. Well, through the whole story, he doesn't kill anybody. That's great. Like, he shoots That's even them. better. Well, yeah. at least he doesn't admit to killing them. Mm. Now, it from what I was reading in the research, it's kind of hard. His, his, like, life story, because it's so old and he was an outlaw, it's kind of hard to, like, follow what exactly he was doing. Right. But... We get an idea if it, of his time frame in life. And so. I'm sure he's been folk heroed up all the way to see, the gills. See, when you, like, if you, most people remember him and like, oh man, yeah, he robbed the rich and gave it to the poor. Yep. He basically robbed the okay people and gave it to the poor, so. Yeah. And kept most of it for yeah, himself. He would have robbed us and then gave it to the poor. Exactly. Which, I guess whenever, yeah. but, but yeah, we're going to see a lot of, uh, you know when you you see like okay we got a local town that's gonna be battling the government that's gonna be coming up right. in part two so it's oh, pretty hell sweet yeah. and this is right around that time the oh, west yeah. is fading oh, civilization's yeah. coming you know I don't know if he's like one of the last ones but um, obviously he's gonna die in part two but uh, well don't spoil I'm not gonna spoil maybe yeah. I'll delete that and delete that part. I would say <laughs> you should delete that part well I mean if he was born in 1860 <laughs> I'm gonna assume. He's probably not still with us, Jordan. Yeah. But yeah, he was. We should just put one long <laughs> over that part. But the, the thing was, is that I'm not going to talk about who I was looking into, Adam. But a lot of people keep talking about him as one of the very first con men, like big, big, big con men. All right. Who like really changed the landscape for other con men, like Brinkley and the guy we're going to be doing in probably a month or so. Mm, shit. So he was uh, he was a trailblazer in that department. Like there was little con men, but he was like a big ass one. He said, "Follow me, young bloods. He's I'll like teach the you how le- to con." Leader of the con men. That's beautiful. So. The this- con prophet. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a very sharp looking boy. 
Sharp he'd dressed fit, man. He'd fit in with the hipsters. He'd be oh, hanging sure. out. He'd be sure. hanging out Wabashaw Brewery. I'll tell you that sure. much. And you two are going to be there next week. I'll be there next we week. We will be there next week. Oh, I might have a plus one too. Ooh, that's fine. Ooh, uh, it's uh, my cock. <laughs> Ooh. If you want to bring your plus one, which is your cock, you can do so at bubblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bubblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Twitter at bubblebuttpod and on Facebook and Instagram at bubblebuttpodcast. <laughs> At Bumblebutt Podcast. We also have our own Instagrams. Mine is at Bumble Adam. Jordan's is at j.j.fox. Yuck, yuck. And Cody's is at Cody Zabub. Hell yeah. Uh, now it's time for the most important part of the show. Alicia F. is at Cody. The iTunes. Root, root. Yeah, so we we got one more. One um, unwritten. One unwritten, yes. Yeah, so we're at 110 now. 110, the magic number. We're almost at 120, the magic number. One tw- Mr. 120, the magic number. <laughs> the, uh, the, the work meme that I'll never live down. But, uh, yeah, whoever you are, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. We appreciate it. Keep them coming. Uh, like Jordan said, his threats are never done. So Never. It, <laughs> never. Listen, never. we got one. That doesn't quell my bloodlust. No, never. Of course not. Once we get, like, 20,000, maybe he'll calm down. 20K, he might. <laughs> we'll see. He might. Might, he might downgrade to only having a constant boner instead of just flush red and sweating all the time. I think if we ever get to the point where we do a live show, we're definitely setting up a soap Viagra. game. Soap oh, game. Yeah. We're doing a soap game for sure. Yes, we're oh. playing soap game. Dude, our fucking Bumble convention is going to be full of rat shit. <laughs> just like con games everywhere. Yes. Three-card Monty, rig poker we'll, we'll have to work with wherever it is to have a specialty cocktail with, like, blackstrap molasses. Oh. What did I just see? I was going to go to W.A. Frost, and they had a burger with blackstrap sauce of some kind on there. Did you say no thank you? I didn't go end up going eating uh, there, but I think I'm going to have to try that. I think it's, maybe they make it good. Listen, it's probably like $50 because it's WA yeah, Frost. It's very expensive. That place is so bougie. Honestly, I'm just saying, I just was acting like I know what that is, but I have no idea. It's just a really upper class restaurant. Like super, they have uh, Madeira, that style of wine. Mm-hmm. And they have a bottle from 1894. Wow. How much it is, is that? $200 for one ounce. Wow. One Holy ounce? Shit. A shot? Yes. I seen they had like a cheese uh, sampler tray or whatever. And uh, for three cheeses, it was like $30 or something. Yeah. Listen, if I'm spending money, <laughs> Listen. I'm going to Fogo. I'm sorry. I mean, ah, I've okay. never eaten at WA Frost, but a bunch of my friends have, and they're like, dude, if you ever, like, have the money to do it, do it. Because Why, it's anything, that good. Any food or, like, something specific? No, just, like, whatever. Order okay. what you can. Right. Because it's also, like, one of the, like, I've been in there to drink before, and, mm. like, I've delivered beer there, and, oh, my God, it is such a cool space. Um, my friend Nick was saying they have like a whiskey, what do they call it? Like a whiskey trip or something like that. I have no idea. Like that, you can sample a bunch of whiskeys. A whiskey flight? Maybe it's whiskey flight. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely a whiskey flight. Okay. Well, I know right across the street at Moscow on the hill, you can get vodka flights. And if you go to the Barrio, you can get tequila flights. (laughs) Um, I, I have been 
digging tequila. Can can you get like the beet soup at that restaurant? Yeah, restaurant yes. Moscow, no, Moscow yeah. is delicious. Is yeah. it good? It's, it's good. so good. Okay. Their pork medallions are. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Their I mean, Moscow okay. fries. I can't remember like what they season them with, but oh my god, they'll get that, you where yeah. you need to go. Yep. Get the horseradish vodka over right, there. That horseradish vodka <laughs> will get you exactly where you need to go. And that's going to do it for the rest of us here at Mobile Podcast. My name has been Adam. Thank you very much. That's been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. That's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. As always, have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. Insert clever sign-off here. <laughs>